from the notice of others. As five seconds went past, and then ten, she started to feel safer, beguiled by the noise and movement of the very large crowd. Everything is all right. It is still all right. Her eyes scanned the room, but Colbert was nowhere to be seen. I should not have come, Rena, she said, turning to her sister. You manage these things with far more acumen than I. It is simply a waste of my time to be here. Maureen laughed. I hate these functions too. But Mr. Riley was adamant about the invitation being for the both of us, Cassie, and his purse is a generous one. Well, as he did not show himself, I doubt he would have known if I had stayed away. She needed to leave, needed to walk towards the door as though she didn't have a care in the world. The ache inside intensified. Once, she had loved Nathanael Colbert, right from the bottom of her broken life. The thought of what had happened next made her swallow, but she shook it gone. Not here, not now. Fixing a smile on her face, she listened to Maureen ramble on about the beauty of the room and the dresses and the lines of the small-shaped trees set up near the band to give the appearance of a natural grotto, a fantasy world where anything was possible, a kinder world away from all that was sordid and base and unclean. All about her, happy banter tinkled, the easy discourse of people with few worries in life apart from what they would be wearing to the next social occasion, or the generous inheritances they had garnered from the latest deceased relative. A strange sound above caught her attention. Looking up, Cassie noticed one of the chandeliers lurching sideways, each globe spluttering with the motion. Would the whole contraption fall? The horror of the thought that perhaps it was about to made her mouth dry. Had anyone else seen? To shout out would draw the attention to herself she so wanted to avoid, but the death of some unknowing soul would be forever on her conscience if she did not. Watch out! The light is falling! Her raised voice carried easily across the chatter around her, but a group of girls to one side were not quite fast enough. With a crash, the ironwork of the leaves and flowers caught the leg of a beautiful young blonde woman. In the chaos, Cassie hurried forward, kneeling almost at the same time as another did, bumping his arm against hers. Monsieur Nathanael Colbert. Close. A touch away. Unbridled fury in his eyes. Grey eyes with just a hint of blue. Unbalance hit, and she felt a jagged panic, her glance taking in the line of his jaw, bisected with the scar she'd wrought upon him. When she had last seen this, it had been opened, red, blood falling across his shirt in a stream. She wanted to reach out and trace it, as if trying, through touch, to let him know of her sorrow. He wouldn't welcome it, she knew, But betrayal always held two sides, and this was one of them. The sheer physical presence of him scorched at sense.
But as the woman's cries mounted, the healer in Cassie prevailed. She couldn't deal with the ramifications of meeting Colbert now. Looking down, she placed her palm hard against the back of a shapely knee, and the flow of blood waned, red, dribbling onto her skirt, the colours mixing strangely. Keep still. There is a lot of bleeding, and it needs to be stemmed. At that, the young girl sobbed louder, grasping her free hand in a vice-like grip. Will I die? No. A person is able to lose at least twenty percent of their blood and still feel only mildly cold. Leached, grey eyes raked across her own, no warmth whatsoever within them. How much would you say I have already lost? The wounded girl's voice was breathless with panic. Cassandra made a thorough check of...